Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Brothers Book Club podcast. Uh, first from our reset, we're in a new era. It's episode one. Brand new uh, dynasty of yep. podcasting. Total rebrand. Uh, yes. Decided to go back to square one, reset everything. Change yeah, which, which for the for really diehard listeners will seem odd because the structure, tone, and tempo of the podcast will be identical. Uh, but crucially, we have turned over a new leaf, and mostly we started reading again. Yeah, yeah. Which up, you're running a, a book club podcast is like the essential thing. There just has to be reading going very on. Very important. Yeah, it's very important. We were talking before uh, the recording that we took our kind of usual summer break. Of course, we're adults now, and neither of us are in school. But uh, we took a few months off. You know, we had our what May, June, July, August. What month is it now? Is it yes. September yet? I mean, it's August. Yeah, no, end of August. <laughs> it's almost yeah. September first. Right. So technically, we're three or four books behind. Right. Uh, luckily, well, I can't speak for Ryan. Um, he'll speak for himself shortly. But I've kept up with almost all the books we've been choosing. I just know that we haven't. We posted some things on Instagram, but we haven't obviously been in recording podcasts. So we haven't been able to tell you what to read or, you know, to guide your reading. But, but we have been reading. But we have been reading. That's a fact. And uh, like he said, we're going to change the format a little bit, especially for episode one, uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is about the book or the remains of the day, which we think is great and we're gonna call this the remains of the pod yep <laughs> this, this is, is the re- this is it <laughs> this is it this is, this is uh, what this book did to our podcast yep yep it this- caused us to go into early retirement and then consider unretiring uh it was kind of a you know late in life butler like decision yeah i Go thought back. i might never read again but <laughs> we're, back. we're back yeah we had uh radically different uh reactions to this book Radically different. Let's let's jump into the book then. Uh, I prefaced the last, well, not not preface the last podcast, but on the last one when we chose it, I prefaced by saying I'd read this already. I almost never reread, which may be attributed to how quickly I read this, read it this go. Um, I'd finished it pretty easily. Ryan uh, did not. I did not read it before, and I also did not finish the book yet as of right now, which we should clarify in the beginning, because I think that's going to affect the format a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So you'll, this will be, we, we've said every time that it'll be short. Uh, this one might truly be short. <laughs> uh, that or I'm going to just go on a soliloquy for the next hour, and then, you know, at the end, Ryan will say yes or no, and then we can <laughs> hit end recording. Travis will wax poetic about, well, okay, question one, I think, going in is, when you were thinking about books to reread, why was this one like you've read hundreds of books in your lifetime? Why? What was this one? What what made this stick out for you? Why were we reading this? And most pragmatically, because I had just told a close uh, relative of ours to read it. I told our cousin Nathan to read it because he was just asking for authors I liked. Oh yeah, I was trying to I was trying to think of authors. Um, who I've read multiple books uh, by, and yeah. that's that list is actually surprisingly small because I've 
in college, I mean, when you're reading and I was doing literature studies and you, you spread pretty thin, you know, it's like you're trying to read a little bit of everybody. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. And that was true in college. And that's been true of just my interests ever since. Yeah. Uh, So I've, I've, you know, I, very few authors do I think, yeah, I have to read, you know, get really into their canon. I usually just try and skim one that's really well regarded and see if that's good. Uh, and so, uh, Ishiguro is one of the few authors who's both alive and I've read almost all of his novels now. Yeah. Uh, the only one that I haven't is his newest, uh, the buried giant, I think is what it's called, uh, which is supposed to be some kind of like, I don't know, like telling retelling of Arthurian legends or something. It sounds intriguing. I just haven't okay. picked it up yet. Uh, right. but no, so I, he had asked for authors and I mentioned this one and, he asked which book to start with. And I thought, I thought this is his best that I'd ever read. Okay. Uh, he also wrote, um, one about, Oh gosh, his first, he was really young. It's something countryside, I think, but he also got famous for writing. Never let me go, which was a kind of a very light science fiction story. Okay. That one was uh, pretty good too. I, I enjoyed that. Nice. Um, but this I think is uh, much better. Well, I mean, yeah. just in, as a, I don't know, piece of writing. Right. I think oh, that's that's interesting. I mean, I think it should be noted, by the way, Nate, can't wait to hear your thoughts on this book, bud. Get rid of it. No, I was digging through the emails. No emails, but that's okay. <laughs> we, I was hoping. Any, I was hoping I, against yeah. hope. Well, eh, Nate's, uh, Nate's a hard guy to get in touch with, but Nate, I have been appreciating the emails. We're, we're following your travels. We love you. It's been amazing. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this book. But having said that, even having not finished this book, I think it's very easy for me to understand why you are a fan of his writing because he, what he was able to do, and this is the first time I've read any of his stuff, is the first, it, it, it's almost like he's finds, he finds the voice of an English butler post-World War II and he writes it so well that you can, you just, it's, it's really, uh, it's a, it's a testament. It's amazing. I mean, it, it puts me to sleep sometimes, but it's almost like it's, it's spot on. I don't know. I don't know a lot of writers that could put themselves in that, in that like a uh, headspace. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I have to imagine it was written like how it reads, which is sort of in an out of body experience where you feel, uh, he must've truly inhabited a different person for <laughs> whatever right. months on end he was writing this. Uh, right. But I mean, that's, must- for something that's like so detailed, like how do you, how do you just like jump, jump like head first into that? Like being a, <laughs> being a butler in that time that would take so much research. And I don't know. I mean, I know he was raised in England. So I think if you, I mean, just look at the book, you know, th- I mean, obviously thematically it isn't like a masterpiece or anything. It's like languages and tone, but um, I mean, just thematically, it's about English manners, you know, English people who behave well and are well-mannered. Right. Um, but High the society. problems that can create. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, not every British child is, of course, exposed to that. And that's, I mean, also pretty clear in the book, right? When he goes, oh, you have to forget you didn't finish. He goes uh-huh. into a village at some point. Well, no, you might have gotten there, but he does go into a couple of villages on the travelogue okay. uh, in his travels and interacts with some like townsfolk. Um, who are, you know, like farmers or, or laborers yeah. who think he's a um, wealthy, you know, gentleman 
there's one point where the town like goes to fetch their doctor who's their most intelligent like learned person and they kind yeah. of want him to like quiz their doctor to see if their doctor's actually oh damn knowledgeable in world affairs and like knows a lot of things and he feels That's uncomfortable because he's misled them to think he's a yeah, gentleman he's he's still, well he i mean yeah that's amazing i yeah i definitely didn't get is it salisbury the town uh perhaps yeah, it's i think it's the last one before he meets up with miss uh, kenton again okay it's, yeah whatever the trip is before that all right well i feel like we should just dive into it i feel like we're uh we're getting in let's just yeah, go, sure let's just go right for it yeah do you want to start with the fill in the blanks yeah let's do that this one, pretty straightforward, and frankly, I don't remember the duties specifically, but I'm sure I'll come up with something, uh, which uh, the, the fill in the blank is, if you were an English butler, your favorite butler duties or duty would be blank. Oh, boy. Um, well, great question. Uh, I hate doing the dishes, so I don't think it would be anything around. And he, and he really didn't do any. He mostly, he like, polished. You know what? Yeah, and uh, honestly, he just, like he kind of just hangs around, you know, and it's like, Oh, do you, you know, you need anything? Yeah. I mean, he wakes up early, which again, not my, not my favorite. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like I, he's, he's bringing a lot of drinks. I yeah, that was like one thing that's pretty apparent early yeah, he's on. The, he's he, the party. Uh, it's like, he brings a lot of drinks. I guess yeah, that would be the, like the easiest part. Well, you'd assume people would be the most grateful. <laughs> Right, yeah, running drinks out to the party. He also runs their food. He runs everything. Food runner. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, like, and I think, you know, it's Great Britain, you're doing tea all the time. (laughs) You're, you know, it's like there's a lot of things going on. It seems like most of the time he's either kind of just at your beck and call, just kind of hanging around in the room, making himself invisible or in his, like, quarters, you know? like doing his own like kind of like prep stuff yeah yeah i unquestionably mine is an answer that is an absence because the one chore sometimes i can know to do it but just don't or get lazy about is dusting and just going and it's like one where if my only thing in my day was to clean things or you know i mean and then be available to serve but if a good portion of my day was like well this is the couple hours i can just clean however i want yeah uh, every day then i bet dusting would actually be something i would enjoy if there's nothing to dust or very little i would imagine it would be yeah it would be pretty easy and it would almost be like amusing like i dusted this yesterday why is this dirty now yeah, dust accumulates. I've found something about this format layout of my current bedroom generates just ridiculous amounts of dust. I think it's because I have a fan that goes most of the time that I'm in here. Yeah. Uh, I like to have a fan running, or when I sleep, it runs. Yeah. And I just wonder if that just kicks it around, because I find that my room gets really dusty. I have to dust. It definitely... Oh, man. Well, it definitely does. You should look into like putting a additional screen or something in there. I mean... Yeah. We, I mean, we live in Los Angeles. It's probably the dustiest place in the world. It's. Uh, probably, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at our air conditioner in the kitchen right now, and it just has like a fine layer of dust. It's everything yeah. is covered in dust. It's what you know. Dust what is just human skin. You know, you got to live in it. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to embed yourself in it. I, I don't mind some grime, but it's uh, just cells, right? Just yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're not harming anyone. It's not actively. No. I guess some people do have dust allergy. Not me, which is clear. I clearly don't. <laughs> 
You're, uh, it's like the opposite. You're like dust. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. dust. Uh, it strengthens me. It's yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So yours is dusting. That's weird. I think but, so. Yeah, I think all right. so. All right. Um, well, how about this? How about I start stealing your questions, and you sure. can also you can also ask the same, but. I will also start throwing in random questions. I'm basically going to take the viewpoint of the listener. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, uh, <laughs> you're, the, you're not the aggressor then. I'm an active listener. <laughs> yeah, right. Is, is what's happening here. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Well, you can start with questions then if okay. you have some. And this part is, this. well, no, it's yours. So I hope you've got wow. your answer ready. Uh, and I'll kind of chime in here, but they... It's the interesting part of this book, at least to me, was when you start reading it, it's broken into, I think, six days. Um, And it's basically a reflection. It's him uh, basically taking a road trip to meet a woman uh, who he used to work with. And in that road trip, he basically gets to his first stop. And you can tell it's like something he's never really done before or... um, I don't, he's kind of like a, I don't know. Is he like apprehensive? He's kind of like, well, I don't know. But he basically splits, he, they split the like couple, I don't know, 200 pages or something up into six days. So there aren't any mm-hmm. chapters really. It's like day two morning. Well, yeah. 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 Day two evening, like cities and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so why I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the intention was there? Did you did you like that? Do you, how do you respond to it? I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think the as far as any just any general structure goes, it worked really well. Mostly because I mean, otherwise the story would just be a one continuous flashback. Um, I didn't. I guess, and, and I guess to clarify, I finished this book in May, so I, so I, I kind of, I mean, I have quotes written down and stuff. I don't remember everything perfectly right at the moment, but I don't remember the flashbacks and the present day travel like connecting to each other necessarily in any meaningful way. But the 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 present day travel log does add the interactions with the outside world. I mean, it's like, he's, you know, being coming out of a womb of some kind or, you know, yeah, basically an alien, an alien yeah, it's land. Like, he makes uh, it kind of seem like he's like seeing the English countryside and all of his splendor for the first time ever. In yeah, his he life. has moments. He has one moment that's, you know, very uh, archetypally relevant where he like ends up on a hill, you know, and he's looking around. And he's just amazed by the beauty of it. Very um, early in the book. I actually is, yeah, read that part. Yeah. yeah. That's like, you know, a staggeringly almost comical moment because, you know, of all, all the hills in, on earth to find splendorful, splendorous, uh, yeah, splendid. I don't know. Uh, uh, that is like a small hill in England has to be one of the, the least. Right. <laughs> I mean, just reinforcing, you know. I know. The, I was trying to compare it to something. Yeah. Thing. Right. And uh, yeah, like it's, he's like, you know, this might be the most splendorous. And we'll read you excerpts from the book. I'm butchering it here, but I mean, He's like waxing poetic about it. And I'm thinking about, and it's like, man, it has to be something pretty similar to like Western Wisconsin or uh-huh. a humble hill. You know, yeah. Like, uh, you know, they're like rolling. And I think that might, it's like, that's generous. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the contrast then in that travel narrative, I think it sticks out pretty well and works. I mean, it helps you show, you know, so much of the book is him summarizing his time with like these gentlemen and 
you know, how he reacted to these guests at this house. But, you know, the, the travel parts allow us to uh, see him out of his element. And then so it's kind of exposes him. And True. it also does make some of some of it a bit ironic again and how little he knows. But, you know, versus how much he thought he knew. And, right. Because um, this dude basically lived in a house. I mean, a gigantic house. He'd like, you never leave. That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that would be, yeah, that would be insane. Think about spending every day, all day in the same house and never having to go run errands or have any type of social life outside of your work. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, yeah, I, I think so in that regard. Yeah, I think it worked really well. I mean, it's obviously it's actually pretty much chronological through his times in service. You know, I think it he does allude to things like, oh, you know, Miss Kenton's gone now and then he jumps back. And so it's a little back and forth. But for the most part, it's basically here's how my life with him began. His father passes in the service there and then they, he keeps serving him. And then, you know, I guess it also does open with the American, um, which there are only two Americans in the story and they're both pretty... Uh, <laughs> potent figures i mean yeah, one of them literally sets him free and then the other one uh basically comes in and calls all of the english people rubes who are like you know like chivalrous idiots basically and then yeah. you know leaves <laughs> uh, so those are those are both like pretty uh those are strong interjections into the story yeah uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I enjoyed the travel structure. I, I don't feel that, yeah, when I was reading it, I don't remember thinking like, oh, this day is a is a representation of X or, you know, this d- day five clearly is, you know, Y. Or I, I didn't connect yeah. it to any grander, I don't know, narrative or structural thing. Um, I mean, I guess it does follow a pretty traditional climactic structure because in the end, he, you know, meets with Miss Kenton, which is the central drama and that gets yeah, resolved for so sure. it, it does it does do that thing but but i will yeah i'll also say that i mean it does make it a little bit more interesting at least it did to me than uh you know super traditional like chapter one chapter two chapter three chapter four it's like okay well yeah then the then the entire travelogue would be chapter 30 and then it would that would be the last chapter would be <laughs> and now i'm leaving and going yeah that would be yeah yeah, I, I think it did work in that regard. It, it also helped frame it also helped frame it as kind of a slow moving tortoise tragedy where you just know it, it becomes clear that like maybe he thinks she'll come back or maybe he thinks, you know, their history warrants her to, you know, return or like they'll rekindle something. Yeah. And it just it just sets you up for the slow, you know, inevitable failure. Right. I you know, if you want to call that a failure. But um yeah, yeah so it did it did work in that way too. All right, nice. Um, what else you got for me? Questions for you? Yeah. Why'd you you do it, Ryan? Why'd you do it? (laughs) Why didn't you read this book? (laughs) I I picked this book up. I mean, every time, every single time I'll pick it up and it was just like, I'll read 10 pages and I just get into a lull. And then the writing is so good that you have to, at least for me, I'm the type of reader who will be halfway through a paragraph and then I'll, I'll realize that I'm not giving it my full attention. I'll have to go back and reread the paragraph. And these are, it's so, I don't know, it's just so dense and so well put together that it just took me, it takes me a, a while to get through these. Like, I don't know how you just breeze through it. Maybe because you read it before. I, I don't even, th- I just, the the tone is just so strikingly perfect that yeah. it, 
guy i mean the sentences are long you know as you'd mentioned before we recorded the vocabulary fairly dense although i actually think it's I, more manageable but it's not like, very challenging yeah. but it's just like you yeah. want to appreciate it because it's so dry i think like, yeah, so- I, I think the the way that it's written though the tone of it and the way he works with the kind of like manners and mannerisms it's um well i mean like you said the voice is so clear that it's as if someone's just speaking to you. Just telling it to you. you know, yeah. One of the highest compliments you can pay, the kind of first-person narrative. It's just like, I think so. this person is sitting across from me and speaking yeah. this to me. And Yeah, you're not... It's got a pretty good audiobook. I don't do audiobooks really, but I it, hopefully they found the right British gentleman to read this. All um, right, we were also talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast, yeah. and I didn't know this, and maybe it would have helped, and I could have watched the movie and faked like I read the book, but apparently it was up for like eight Oscars in 1999, Anthony Hopkins and Emma, wait, Emma Watson? Let me see. Uh, yeah, could Emma be. Thompson. Emma Thompson. Thompson. Oh, okay, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. So, I mean, it's, yeah, there, there it is. I'm sure that would be. I am. I have to watch it now, and I mean, I know I will finish this. Book. I one, uh, yeah. Th- this is one that strikes me as uh, when you got to draw those hard lines in the sand, thinking like you're a dead. I don't. Now. I don't want your. No, it's like I don't want this art to be forced to be another art. I don't yep. know if they can. Like, what are they going to have him do? Talk, narrate the whole movie? I mean, how I would they know. find the? I suppose they just jam pack it with dialogue, and it's just like, oh well, <laughs> well that, that's how you get a sense of his personage and you know all that like i just otherwise don't know how they would quite do so much of the parts i found striking is him uh either justifying things badly or hedging or it's the language of like you know take backsies basically you know there's always yeah. a perhaps there's always the a though waiting it's like just the perfect tone of uh qualification you know it's like but but yeah. tone english politeness tone i mean yeah, i'm sure true. the movie's good i i have no clue i've never seen it i just this one where i read you know you have experiences where you finish it and go yeah that can't be x you know it's like this can't be a video game this i couldn't be an album maybe a classical album or something and i just yeah. don't i can't imagine it being a movie either but hmm. I, you know maybe a stage yeah. play but even that i think would fail i there'd be way too much talking and speeches it's all, or well, it's, just so, or, it's, so, it's all internalized yeah, mostly yeah you're like in this guy's head basically yeah i just don't, i don't foresee it but i i'm sure it's good i've never seen Who knows, it man hopkins might have acted his ass off yeah they probably gave him a lot to do yeah. a lot to say <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah, yeah um all right let's see what else we got We've got a few more questions that I wrote if you want me to run through them. Yeah, um, let's run through. We kind of talked about the trip already. Uh, uh, Miss Kenton and Stevens, I asked about them as established contrast characters and why they had to be so different and so contrasting. I think it's, um, I mean, for many reasons. I guess what I'd point out uh, straight away, and I don't think this made it easier to read, but the some of the symbols and the imagery around them and the, the maybe romantic interest is way more obvious on the second read. I think that's, that's one thing in the second reading. That was the only thing I felt that I really benefited from was like, Oh yeah, she wants to put flowers in his room. And it's like, okay, (laughs) I mean, you know, you you have to spell that one out to me now, now that I knew at the end that he, you know, didn't desire her romantically, but thought like, you know, let's rekindle something. And she, you know, just kind of feels bad for a man who never picked up on any subtleties 
yeah uh, in in their relationship and in, in his professional relationships um right. and so there you know i think that stuff was much clearer to understand the, in the second you know when you you catch that a little bit more clearly um yeah but I, I, what did you make of her character well i think it's interesting when you really like when you think about the two and you th- well you get the most insight especially in the beginning of the book about how like much of a professional like this dude prides himself so heavily even when his dad is like he's the like senior butler in the house his dad's like dying in front he's like still trying to do a good job like that's you can tell he's very he's he has a lot it takes a lot of pride in his work even he's got like you know some young younger uh like fellow employee kind of like you know leaving subtle hints and he's just like oblivious because he's so obsessed with his job and like serving like serving the people that he works for so it's like i don't know you can tell immediately that this guy's like and they get what i did like was a little bit of the jabber like they get into like these like little tiffs she basically tells him that his dad is like unfit to work and he's like you can't yeah you can't tell you can't tell my dad anything because he's like a legend She's the and, one to challenge him on it. And she's like, dude, he dropped a, he dropped a thing of tea. Like he cannot. And, uh, like, I don't know. So you kind of get from the very beginning that she's like the more sensitive, caring, you know, willing to bend the rules or the, not bend the rules, but she just has, I think a little bit more heart and he's like, he has such a one track mind that it's I think that's um, pretty well said. Yeah. That's, that is her established purpose is to be, a kind of feeling center when yeah. he's been so trained to he's black uh, and white yeah, yeah to neglect seen, to neglect yeah. his feelings and she's there to sort of poke and prod them um in, in that sense though she does come across as kind of the perfect balance you know she eventually has her family and loves her husband and then also like she was a an uh, adequate professional or like in a you know a well-performing and so she kind of has she does both right. and she tries she's, to bring him over and yeah he just, you know yeah she's and too yeah. blind and yeah, even like when they're fighting or, I mean, they're not really fighting, but they're like having that conversation. He's like, well, I can't really say anything to her because she's such a, like a good, <laughs> she's such like a hardworking, like employee, blah, blah, blah. I value her opinion, but like, uh, I don't know. It was really interesting, but yeah, I feel like they contrasted each other well and she's, yeah, she's definitely the warmer one. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. And they, um, yeah, no, I think I think the heart uh, expression you used is yeah what I was thinking exactly. Um, he did have. I know you had mentioned. Uh, did you make it to when his dad dies? Um, so I think that was like right around. Um, it's on one hundred and nine. I have a quote from it, which is why I'm asking. All right, let me open it. I have it right here. Uh, it, was, um, it was around one hundred and nine. Nope, didn't even make it to one hundred and nine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask before, before, and now to find it out live is just gut wrenching. Oh yeah, you can hear the disappointment in Travis's voice. Yeah, just it's hard to you know to have it quantified is uh, that's tough. Well, the only way the the only way that I think I could get away with this is because well, for one, it's episode one, brand new podcast, brand new. (laughs) You're right. We are starting off disastrously. uh, (laughs) I feel like you know you got to keep the listeners fresh. By the way, mom. What's up? Uh, yes, yeah, hello. 
we, yeah, I don't know. It's This has actually been interesting for me because I feel like uh, there was plenty, there's enough for me to enjoy in the book and still talk about it, especially kind of pick your brain. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to also note that this will not be an ongoing thing. I do plan on finishing the rest well, the, of the books. Um, and I, and book. I finished uh, our next book, Calypso, which I've profoundly disliked, uh, but I, I'll I finish it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get on that, that for another pod, I think. Hey, yeah, tune in, uh, tune in next week, next month. We're yeah. gonna try and get this thing yeah. out real quick. I've never felt myself more a young optimist than reading that next book, Calypso, and I find myself to be generally a grumpy old person in demeanor. Hey, man. But I've well, never felt more of a youthful, like Jesus, who's this guy? Is like <laughs> anyway. Um, well, we'll talk about that uh, next time. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> that's a little teaser for uh, you. Yeah, yeah, a little preview. Yeah, um, it's had its moments. I mean, no yeah. no writer that uh, accomplished can like write badly for three hundred pages. But it's yeah. Yeah. anyway. For All next right. time. Um, yeah. No the the reason you brought up the or the reason I wanted to bring up the father passing is um, it remains in the story probably the most paramount example of his you know rigid professionalism and un- unfeeling um, because the paragraph immediately following it. He leads the doctor downstairs. It says, I led the doctor downstairs, showed him into the billiard room, then returned quickly to the smoking room where the atmosphere, if anything, had grown even more convivial. Um, Just, I mean, which is the perfect word to show, you know, he's immediately perceptive of this friendly atmosphere. It's it's all atmosphere to him. He rejects his insides, feels nothing, and is just like, oh, look, there's a party on, you know, let's let's go jump in and uh, refresh, refresh some drinks. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it stood to me as one of the more striking quotes, you know, on the reread, and just the contrast of that. That alone is the epitome of his manners and the the English character that the book kind of you know embodies yeah. and criticizes. I mean, I think it is a you know a criticism type of work, but yeah, consummate pro. Yeah, yeah. Some would say to a fault if your father just died, but uh, you know, yeah, it's insensitive. I mean, you know. To each their own. But I mean, it's a great glimpse into the character for sure. Um, And I actually do have a quote here again. uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it a little bit because it's kind of like a paragraph. But um, this is one that I was just glancing over again before we we started the podcast. But yeah, uh, it's (laughs) it's his employer um, who asked him, he had heard something like over coffee in the morning. And he says, I suppose it wasn't you making that crowing noise this morning, Stevens. And, uh, Stevens, the Butler <laughs> basically has this whole internal monologue about whether or not he should like make a joke to it, to right, his, right, right. To, to his boss or not, or to keep it, you know, totally, totally professional and tell him, of course not. But he eventually says, <laughs> he says after a moment, he said, more like swallows than crows, I would have said from the migratory aspect. And that, <laughs> and he tried to like crack a smile and the, 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 uh, his, his boss is like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, that's the worst joke of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, he, this is like his best effort at conveying any type of humor or like witticism into the conversation is so overanalyzed. And, uh, yeah, his 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 boss was is that, basically. Um, like, I don't remember the context of that, but is that was he making a sex joke? Wasn't that like part of the consideration? 
was that <laughs> his boss had made a joke, you know, somewhat connected to sex, and that that he found especially off putting. That that's because he also <laughs> has the moment where he has to discuss like sexual activity with one of the lord's kids and has to have that and finds it you know unsettling to do it i thought uh, it was like a, i thought i mean god this is such a literal maybe this is an oversimplified american interpretation i i didn't look much past swallows being just like a sex joke i i, I wasn't but i kind of forget the context of that that's pretty good i mean I, i'm going through it now you might be right i couldn't re- yeah i can't quite remember the context but i remember reading it thinking he's trying to get He's trying to, you know, decide like, well, if if my new employer wants me to become proficient at, you know, making these kind of sex innuendo laden jokes, then I'll have to, you know, get good at them, basically. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think this is that part. He's talking about like okay. the gypsies that were like going by the house. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, because <laughs> of the migratory aspect being, yeah, they, they move around. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that, that like, makes a lot more also, sense. It also plays into that great, like, uh, you know, like the Guy Ritchie snatch, like gypsy, like British gypsy kind uh-huh. of like mysticism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course, yeah, there was just like uh, people passing in their yard. Well, if it makes you feel uh, comforted, the end of the book uh, only reinforces that more. One of the quotes I had pulled from the ending that is, you know, that shows no personal growth essentially. I'm, or it shows the the microscopic like toe toes length growth he's made. Is he um, at the end of it after he you know talks to Miss Kenton, and then clearly does not convince her to return, and she's happy with her life and family or whatever. Um, he goes to the a park or something and is just watching families play. And he says, it is curious how people can build such warmth among themselves so swiftly. I rather fancy it has to do with the skill of bantering, which, again, to him, it is, you know, another, I, don't, I suppose, uh, pick your metaphor, like chess piece in a, in a person's yeah. personality, like that you, you know, you can just learn this bantering skill. Yeah, it's it's, it's the to skill set. Yeah. yeah, it's to be practiced against other people um, as though it's you're a machine learning algorithm that just can algorithmically uh, improve yourself if you, you know, it's, study. It's basically, and- yeah. It's almost like, I mean, if you were, if you were to translate that, I would say into like 2018, like you and me, it would basically, oh, but, why, but why would we? It's so beautifully <laughs> written. I, well, there's a whole I 250 pages of it. <laughs> I know. I, well, it's, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's immaculately written, but it's basically like, it's like, well, people who it's like, uh, if you learn how to make small talk, I mean, eventually it's like, that's, it's like, oh, I guess how that's what, how people can get like, so I don't know. No, I'm butchering it. No, I'm skipping it. Going back on it. See how difficult it is even in modern speak, even in our, uh, even in our common 2018 tongue. Yeah. I mean, that's, that goes to show probably also why I have not finished this book yet. I just gotta go, (laughs) I gotta go back and reread it. Yeah. To call bantering a skill, frankly, is not entirely wrong, but his, his view of it is being strictly that is it's only possible to, as something to be honed and trained is, yeah, well, it's perfectly Stevens, but yeah, Yeah, that that by the end is, is clearly his mindset still. He's, you know, he's a human outsider, you know, in terms of relationships to other. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's very calculated and it's very, um, yeah. Yeah. That made total sense. Yeah. He, um, the final thing I'll point out as far as quotes go that I pulled, um, and I, I remember this at the time that I read it and pulled it being the, the I thought, just absolute top example. The, the um, kind of uh, peak of this hedging is what I thought of it as. Um, but the language is, as you said, the tone we've talked about is like just the most perfect, cautious 
justifying everything Butler, you know, subservient tone. But the peak of it is with the the his bosses or what would he be called anyway? Not his lord. Uh, I don't know. It's like it's basically the owner of the house that he works at. But it's yeah, I keep wanting to say master, but I feel like master is enmeshed in like slave language. Yeah, definitely. uh, That's the right word. He uses the word employer a lot. Okay, yeah, I mean, well, him, yeah, I get that is, I guess, the simplest of all. Yeah, yeah. it's just weird because he lives there. I guess I would have thought of a different word, but no, it's and definitely I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost like I feel like sometimes he does refer to people like, oh, the Lord of you know Darlington Manor. Right, it's, right. All, it's all very you know yeah. classic. Well, when he's justifying his lord's involvement with you know fascism and like anti-Semitism, it, yeah. th- those couple of pages. I mean, he does it for a while. It's a, a chunk of the middle, but. Uh, on, I have page 137 written down. I'm sure it's surrounding those. There's a series of sentences there that are just so just artfully written, and the way it unfolds under over those pages is just perfect. Um, well, hey, man, you know, that's that's like the highest praise. Well, yeah, he's, he says, uh, you know, he the allegations he never allowed Jewish people to enter the house or any Jewish staff is utterly unfounded, and then immediately, except perhaps in respect to one very minor episode in the 30s, which has been, and so it's, you know, it's a no, and then a, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's the perfect, uh, I, I just keep thinking of like the word hedge, like it's the perfect, you know, yeah. hedging language. Uh, it's just masterful. Yeah. And then the, um, very soon after, any link between, you know, British fascists is quite ridiculous. I would, And then later on that page, I would say he had visitors of that nature on three occasions at the most. You know, it's 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 yeah. immediate no to qualifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I thought th- those pages, that sequence in the, you know, um, his involvement with the fascist group and then the, you know, his master goes on some rants and everything, or I keep saying master. I don't know why his employer goes on. Yeah. Those, um, yeah. That, I felt like that was the, those couple of pages might be the peak of the, uh, the tone of it. I, I like that too. Cause it's almost like, um, it just reminds me. It's like that little wink where it's like, uh, he can be so stern and so professional and basically lay it out exactly how it is but then add like a little bit of humanity into it and like give you that little like i don't know like that he kind of injects a little bit of personality a wink from the author or you mean a wink from the character from stevens the from the character i don't think it's a wink from him at all i think it's he's he is so indoctrinated that he doesn't even i mean he can't he's also can't lie like that's the other part is that he, yeah, he doesn't want it, it's just, as if he's building to a cliff he knows is there, but he just keeps you know he's driving the car at one mile an hour to the cliff, but he's driving yeah. there like he can't, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to stop he, you know he's not going to mislead or he might mislead a yeah. little bit yeah, yeah. He's, he's not going to uh, he's not going to not drive off of it he's just going to approach that's it funny. in yeah, the most no, that's uh, vehicle and the Rolls Royce going literal one mile an hour. Yeah, that's true. That's a way better analogy. Oh, and I think it's relevant to the uh, you know structure of the story. So we o- we only do thematic analogies here. That's it. That's all it is on podcast yeah, two point on remains of the pod. That's right. <laughs> which, has to, which has to be the new name now. The, the remains. Yeah, I guess it did kick things off. Well, maybe we change it from Stumpcast. The Stumpcast well, trademark. That. That's what I call it. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I guess we could rebrand Stumpcast. I hey, thought Brothers Book Stumpcast. Club had a nice ring to it, but also it's long. Brothers Bookcast does have a nice ring to it. A little long, 
remains of the stumped remains of the pod. We'll figure it out. We're going to workshop it. Yeah. Yeah. Not now. Um, those are the final quotes that I pulled. I think I had one more, but we'd already kind of talked about it. Um, with one of the, it was like a quote that, uh, Kenton said, um, but yeah, that's, uh, it covers everything I wanted to, to run through just, uh, you know, a brilliant book of, of tone and words. Um, yeah. you know, uh, not, not a b- book that deserves, um, too much plot scrutiny really. I mean, it's mostly, you know, a couple occurrences that he details out and yeah, like the travelogue structure I think works, adds a little bit of uh, contrast to him as well. It lets him yeah. be exposed in the English countryside a little bit. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I, I agree. I totally agree. I think it was, I, it still is like, um, it's really interesting to read. I definitely recommend people picking it up. Don't, yeah. uh, take my lack of, uh, persistence. Like Steven says on 148, you must not let sentiment creep into your judgment. Mm. And if you feel the book was, uh, you know, was a slog, you must judge it rightly as a, you know, master which class. I, which I feel like I have, which is, yeah, yeah it's master yeah. class. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. As just as Stevens, I don't think Stevens ever, I guess he doesn't have the, uh, the current day British slang. Isn't really a brilliance like a current British slang, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. I feel like that's I mean, one that we've picked up from watching uh, soccer broadcasts, English totally. readers on soccer. Which I mean, yeah, I mean, I trust me, I appreciate that that level of like uh, I don't know. I appreciate. Well, we're we're getting into soccer now, but I appreciate the announcers. I appreciate, yeah, it's like the language. You, There's a sophistication that, to it. Do you think that the? I think English soccer. Um, commentators have gotten kind of like the the argentinian ones uh have now become famous for like yelling you know or not yelling but like doing the protracted goal you know the goal that thing right Um, i feel like english ones have now become famous for being hyperbolic that's like kind of their funny thing is they have like really dramatic phrases that i guess maybe culturally are more english or something but it just feels more they're a bit more hyperbolic you know an american Uh, commentator you know, you score a touchdown, they're like, oh, what a run, or that's great, or look at the, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of simplistic praise. I think the English <laughs> yeah. have just now been, the English soccer commentators are just more famous for being, uh, I don't know, yeah, more dramatic. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, the, yeah, I'm without a doubt. I've heard the fa- phrase absolutely brilliant at least a few times. Oh, uh, you probably hear it once a game. And I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's almost guaranteed if somebody scores a good goal, it's like, that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, hands down. So yeah, maybe I mean, maybe you did never say the word. Uh, maybe I don't think so. no, I think it's more of a modern thing. You got to go back and read it a third time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> the second read is already a tall order, but I did yeah. quite. Enjoy it. Yeah, it was. It was excellent. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to completely flip my reading habits around, but yeah, it was well worth the the reread. Hey no man, regrets, as they say. we we all got something out of it. That's you right. Especially. That's right. Uh, let's look ahead then to further readings, future readings. Although for me, they're also in the past. Um, past readings. Although, eh, I didn't finish the Cohen yet. I'm like halfway, so that okay. I can't say I'm done with that yet. But if we wanted All to right. pod tomorrow, I could crank it out. It's you know, it's pretty brief. There's only it's 90 pages of poetry, so it's not yeah. too bad. Oh, we're um, gonna get deep into it. Yeah, so oh, we we're... have we have finished um, for I don't remember which m- books line up with which months. No, uh, nobody knows anymore. Nobody knows. Yeah. 
but we did finish Calypso by David Sedaris, uh, which we will be doing a podcast on in either about five minutes from now or <laughs> <laughs> or uh, a week or I don't know, sometime be, soon. Yeah, it could be five minutes, could be five yeah. months. I'm I'm gonna bet on uh, the former. <laughs> if it's yeah, if it's if it is five months, then uh, yeah, you might find uh, the podcast feed <laughs> to be eternally dry. Yeah, but, like, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll, I, like I said, I finished. I think you have two or close, maybe uh, halfway. Close, uh, okay. yeah, halfway. Yeah. I would say that's fair. Yeah, so we'll we'll wrap that one up, you know, sooner rather than later. And then yeah. we also have a Leonard Cohen uh, collection of poems, his first ever, which is called "Let Us Compare Mythologies," yeah. and that is. Um, so far has been kind of religion heavy, which I suppose makes sense. There's been some uh, ancient Greek and Roman stuff that's crept its way into some of those poems too. Uh, some war, a lot of kind of war imagery. Uh, yeah, it's I've enjoyed it for the most part. Um, there's been a nice. few really memorable poems in there, but that's a 90-page poetry collection. You can find that on Amazon. It's I guess it was out of print, and this is a reprint, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. At least I got mine off Amazon.com. Yeah, me too. I got a hard cover. These plugs, so <laughs> we're waiting just, on that Amazon utter, oh. utter convenience. Yeah, geez, that's, that. that's definitely going to be uh, factored into uh, the remains of the pod. Is going to be uh, corporate sponsorships, new so advertising scheme. We are yeah. open to opening and any ending any show with uh, basically any plug. We don't want to start off with Amazon. We can start smaller, but we'll we're going to yeah, work our yeah. way up there. You know. I'm kind of hoping a, a local like auto repair shop contacts me. That's that would be yeah. my dream is like a Charlotte yeah. based auto repair place. You know, we're talking Bob's about tires or something. Yeah, we're talking about Bruce's transmissions here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So those, well, that's those perfect, are upcoming, man. and those podcasts are upcoming also. So look forward to those. They will be as we hinted sooner rather than later. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, any final words on the uh, remains of the day, Ryan, or any other uh, podcast or website-based business thoughts. to attend to? Um, yeah. Website business, there's going to be a couple really cool things coming up within the next few weeks. Travis has written some essays. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's going to be did, a lot more. You posted the, the cooking essay. Uh, yep. That one's up. And yep. you can find that under the essays tab. And then, yeah, there's some other things we can post soonish there's some fiction maybe um there's some more video games and rap stuff we might post of course uh there that stuff is always there d just <laughs> dangling it will always be there oh also i should say that the another reason why i haven't been reading so much is i bought a playstation 4 under your advice so you're also partially responsible yeah I, my I think uh <laughs> not now your goal is to well i think the the yeah, no, I, I was going to say something <laughs> damaging to myself that I don't want recorded. But, okay. I mean, yeah, you did ask me. So let's yeah. just say the, the way you have to balance your time is different than the way I have to balance mine. Okay. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end it there. And, and That's right. uh, Here's what I'm thinking. I think we stick with the, uh, the sign-off because it, it is still good. And I think it's still applicable. Yeah, I always liked it. All right, folks. Well... Thanks for joining in on on the Stumped 2.0 on the remains of the pod. We'll see you between the pages. <laughs>